Welcome to Pragmatic. Pragmatic is a discussion show contemplating the practical application of technology. By exploring the real-world trade-offs, we look at how great ideas are transformed into products and services that can change our lives. Nothing's as simple as it seems. Pragmatic is part of the Engineered Network. To support our shows, including this one, head over to our Patreon page. And for other great shows, visit engineered.network today. I'm your host, John Chigi, and I'm joined today by Vic Hudson. How you doing, Vic? I'm good, John. How are you? I am very good, and I'm excited about the topic today uh, because it's one that I have been pondering for a great many years, and it's only something that recently I think I can I can feel it, I can taste it. It is like it is so close to being a reality, and I want to talk about the paperless office. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's that's just there's, okay. There's lots of excitement there. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's because that term has gotten a little bit tongue-in-cheek, which I want to talk about, actually. Um, but I've got to start by just, just describing a problem that I have. I mean, I mean, I have many problems, but this specific problem is a problem. My desk is a mess, like at work and at home, more so at work, though. And uh, I've often wondered about why. And if you look around my, my desk at work, it's there is paper, paper everywhere. And not yep. a square space of desk left. Uh, dozens of pens, rulers, staplers, bulldog clips. Um, and in terms of pens, I've got a fine point pen, a medium point pen. Uh, I've got a Waterman, which is like a fancy pen, I guess. Sort of fancy. I don't know. I'm not a pen addict or anything like that. But hey, uh, I've got gel ink, ink, inky ink, different colors of ink, you know, ink. Anyway, um, i got liquid paper, sometimes referred to as uh, Tipex or whatever correcting tape white out here in the states white out there you go that's another one sticky tape that's another one stello tape whatever you want to call it and then of course there's binders then you got ring binders spiral binders and then there's folders like manila folders so you know neo in the matrix he said the problem the problem is choice well he was wrong it's not choice the problem is paper Right, <laughs> and that's what he would have said if he was looking at my damn desk at work. So anyhow, why do I have so much paper in my office? Okay, and I say my office, it's not; it's a cubicle, and it's in an office building. So whatever, it's nothing. It's I don't have an office. I'm not that important. Okay, anyhow, so I'm going to leave home out of this for now, since my office is a order of magnitude worse. So what I want to talk about is I would love to be able to just say no more pens, no more paper. It's all electronic, but I haven't been able to do that for so long because, well, there's a whole bunch of problems. So we'll we'll talk about that. But I want to talk about how tablets, styluses, software, and synchronized sync services like syncing all of that stuff, all of your all the all the notes and everything, uh, are actually now starting to help me to finally, after all these years, stop using paper at my desk so in like in an engineering environment. I actually think this is possible. For the, for the longest time, it hasn't been. So anyway, all right. It would be remiss of me uh, to not talk about a little bit of history about paper because that's like, uh, it, don't worry, it's not going to go for long, this bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not that thrilled by the history of paper and I can't imagine too many listeners are, but what the hell, here we go. Talk. Okay, so I've talked a little bit about the history of, of, of writing on um, episode 23, which is um, Maximum Erasability. 
Honestly, I don't want to go over too much of that again. But just really quickly, though, the word paper is actually derived from the Latin uh, version of, uh, of papyrus. And that, of course, comes from the Greek uh, papyrus, which is the word for Cyprus papyrus, um, the plant Cyprus papyrus. And although the word paper is derived from papyrus, the two in terms of materials are actually very, very... They're produced completely differently. Papyrus is actually... They, they laminate... Uh, the the natural plant fibers into sort of like a a hash sort of like a pattern or a strip pattern and it's it was the preferred paper sort of lo- paper like material I guess that the Egyptians used for writing on you know when they weren't doing hieroglyphics and on stone and stuff and whilst you know paper sort of is manufactured from plant fibers the the plant fibers themselves are actually macerated you know chopped into a gazillion bits. And, um, you know, pulped and glued and pressed and so on and so forth. And that changes their characteristics quite quite significantly. So, paper is actually made through a, a pulping process. And that came from China in the 2nd century AD. Mm-hmm. But using wood pulp for making pi- for paper didn't actually come about till the mid-1800s. That was when uh, all the mechanizing industrial revolution was happening. And... Um, it was uh, mechanically, originally it was produced by water-powered machines, you know, like um, water wheels and st- stuff, and then eventually to steam-powered machines. But anyway, when, when that happened, it was becoming mass-produced. That made it cheap. And coupled with the printing press, that allowed mass production of newspapers and books and, and changed the world and yada, 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 and also messed up my desk. So there you go. Now, we've been stuck with it ever since. That's when it all started? It's just, it all, it all went wrong, man. Uh, well, not really wrong. <laughs> It went wrong for my desk. Uh, we know that much. Okay. So, um, I'm not going to talk about a history of pens. I'm solely, so totally not doing that. Um, but the stylus is actually kind of interesting. And I say it's interesting because the first known usage of a stylus was actually by the Mesopotamians. Now, when I, when I was <laughs> doing the research on this, I'm like, Wow, that was a little while ago, wasn't it? So the thing about Mesopotamia is it's actually um, was uh, is the site of the um, earliest developments of the Neolithic Revolution, and that was around about ten thousand BC. So it well and truly predates paper by just a couple of years, because of course styluses were used um, not for things like drawing on paper; they were used for things like uh, pottery and so on. So the stylus, as it's known, as it is today, of course, from the you know, electronic age, well, that's different. But, but Mesopotamia, lots of actually really cool stuff came around that period of time. You know, things like the wheel and mm-hmm. planting cereal crops, cursive script slash handwriting, I guess, uh, mathematics, astronomy, and agriculture all had a lot of their basis in that region of the world in that period. So the, a stylus, as you would see them today, actually bears a striking resemblance to the, those ones that we used way back then. Of course, for me personally, first stylus I ever laid my hands on was an original Palm Pilot um, stylus, which is just a solid plastic chunk um, mm-hmm. that, you know, looks like a pencil but ain't. Uh, and I know ain't, ain't a word, uh, as my English teacher used to tell me. Uh, but it's in the I've, dictionary. Ain't, totally ain't. Is it really? No, it can't It be. is. It is. You know what I'm, you know I'm going to do it. now? They added it. Those bastards, you can't do that. Now that's because my wife and I have this debate a lot. All right. Oh, my God. I just typed in ain't in 
in pages and I did a force tap on it and it's force click and it says ain't contraction am not are uh-huh. not is not usages if it ain't broke don't fix it that's it <laughs> that's it that's it it's they official. broke it damn it you, you uh, I have word angry okay good word angry that's totally not a thing anyhow all right you know what thank you for that Vic. uh no problem it's always <laughs> nice to ruin somebody's day no ain't are a word okay great thank you my first grade teacher is now the oh, first great jeez what did i just say my english teacher from grades nine and ten is now really angry too probably Okay, well, you good. Can always, you can always take my wife's stance on it. She said, I don't care if they added it to a dictionary or not. It's not a word. Stop saying it. <laughs> damn, damn straight. See, I like your wife. I like her style. And thank you. I am going to do that. Ain't, ain't a word. All right. So the Apple. They just uh, added it for uneducated hicks like you. That's what she says. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well then. All right. It's, it's, it's get... a loving jest. Well, uh, that's I'm glad to I hear should, that. I should clarify that she doesn't really hate me. Well, most of the time she doesn't really hate me. <laughs> okay, put the shovel away, Vic. You're digging a nice deep hole there for yourself. So let's just keep moving back on topic. And that is, uh, that was the first stylus I ever used. And I'm not counting light pens because I used light pens back in the 80s. But that was hilarious. But that's not technically a stylus. So anyhow, all right. The Apple Newton, though, was actually the first mass-produced pseudo-popular tablet. And I say pseudo-popular. Some people love their Newtons, but most people didn't. Anyhow, never mind that. So, um, and I always find it fascinating that Steve Jobs canned the the Palm Pilot and now we've got a stylus. Never mind that. Anyway, uh, in the Apple Pencil. Um, I, uh, I, I think the word you're looking for there is they, they must have done the iPad Pro wrong. <laughs> yeah, they've, their iPad Proing it wrong. Okay, anyhow... <laughs> So the resistive screens, that was the way they used to be done. With uh, two layers, they produce an XY position where the two layers meet. But you can't do multi-touch with a resistive screen because it can't figure out which of the two points is touching at the same time. Uh, which is why horrible. Yeah, they were horrible. Yeah, I know. And, of course, you'd get dead spots in the screens because they'd get pressed together too many times. They'd wear out the contacts between the screens, you know, and sometimes you'd have areas of the screen you had to push harder on. Yeah, it, the, the technology was just terrible. I mean, it, it kind of worked. It was okay. But it was just so frustrating. So, you know, hallelujah, capacitive screens. They finally figured out how to make them more accurate and cheaper. And uh, and we haven't really looked back. But that requires uh, a stylus that imitates uh, the effect of the human finger, which is, you know, we are essentially a, a, a sink, if you will, um, for charge, charge sink, if you will. I guess it's kind of hard to explain, but... I don't really want to go into too much about how capacitive screens work, but uh, maybe for another show, but not today. So let's just say that they're glorious and move on. Yeah, pretty much. They're glorious except for styluses. For to have a decent stylus that's capacitive, you either have to have an electrical connection from the the tip all the way back into the onto the hand and into the body. Um, and if you've got gloves, for example, you've got to have conductive gloves that do the serve the same function. You know, but either that or we have to give that up and go with a powered stylus. And a powered stylus can, of course, imitate that effect, uh, which is what the Apple Pencil does. Mind you, so do quite a few others. So anyway, all right. Getting ahead of myself. So fundamentally, um, let's just talk about paper and why 
uh, why paper is um, attractive, I guess, uh, apart from making origami, which is not something I can't do with my iPad Pro. I mean, I, I can't. I could try, but I, I don't think I it would unfold well. That. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. So paper is cheap to manufacture. Paper is disposable. You know, you drop your piece of paper, it ain't going to break. Ha! I said I ain't again. <laughs> For the longest time, paper was expensive to copy and clone and reproduce, but not anymore. Photocopier solved that one. Solved? Hmm. And then that created more paper. Interesting how that works. Paper, however, can be recycled. It's easily transferable, but only locally. And that makes it a good collaboration tool. So, you know, paper, you know, a single, a single sheet of paper will take up less space than a tablet, which is true. But that doesn't seem to be the problem because once you add about a half a ream of paper, then you're well and truly <laughs> taking up more space than a, than a tablet. Uh, paper, though, um, the basics can't be searched by an algorithm. So it requires filing and organization mm-hmm. in order to reduce your data and information seek time, which is, of course, not really the right terminology to use because it's the human eyes and it's not a disk drive, but whatever. Okay. And there's no yeah, cloud yeah. sync for your paper either. Yes, that's true. There isn't any cloud sync. Hmm. Isn't. Anyhow, different marking uh, implements are required to convey different kinds of information and reduce visual clutter. That's not a problem on a tablet. You don't have to carry, you get one stylus. You don't have to carry multiple colored styluses. Although I suppose for um, style reasons, you could have two different colored styli. Anyhow, (sighs) paper cannot convey information without a marking implement. Tablets, on the other hand, technically can. Anyway, so the whole thing about the paperless office, right, sort of has been a joke uh, for quite some time. And just before I was born (laughs) uh, and just after you were born, there was an article published on the 30th of June, 1975 in Business Week. That was just after you were born, right? Uh, uh, About six months. There you go. A little more than six months. Yeah, I thought so. There you go. See, I pay attention to other people's ages. Um, and on the spring We're dating ourselves here. We are not. Yes, possibly. Anyway, it's all good. That's fine. Everyone's happy. Uh, it's often attributed uh, the expression of the paperless office to this, uh, this article. It was published in Business Week way back then. And the line that's often quoted is, some believe that the paperless office is not that far off. Of course, the reality is, Someone probably said it before that, but we'll never really know because they probably didn't write it down or print it, and who really cares? All my life, though, it's been a running gag, right? So here's here's the scenario, and uh, I'll just do the inverted air quotes there. This is the scenario. So person A walks into the room, points at a desk that's overflowing with paper, and they say something like, it's a good thing we live in the paperless office of the future, and then they laugh. The persons <laughs> all surrounding them laugh as well because um, funny. Anyway, whatever. So, I you're not like, laughing while they point at your desk, are you? Um, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just I'm finding a recycle bin to figure out what I can chuck out at this point. But anyway, so um, there's another quote though from um Thomas Watson at IBM, and the funny thing is, it's actually quite a. <laughs> There's actually quite a bit of contention over this accuracy of this quote, if he actually did say this and the year that he said it. Anyway, so he said, IBM dude says, I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. Hmm. Well, that was a, yeah, that was a pretty dumb thing to say in retrospect. Just anyway, five. I'll, 
just five. That's all that we need in the world. So a lot of people think, yeah, along the same sorts of comments, like, oh, back in 1975, the paperless office, ha ha, joke, joke, yeah, yeah. We'll never get rid of paper, right? So I guess it's absolutist and you should never be absolute about anything. But uh, honest, honestly, though, and I do think we need to start a thing um, that uh, like an expression, like instead of saying, so anyone that makes a really bad prediction about something, we should give them a, like they uh, like that guy really pulled a Thomas, you know, something like that, you know, like because it was just a really dumb prediction to make that you didn't don't really mm-hmm. think through all of that. It's like, you know, you really pulled a Thomas on that one. So like like um like Steve Barmer, he pulled a Thomas on the iPhone, and um Ed Colligan, the Palm guy, he he pulled a he pulled a Thomas on the iPhone as well, because they're not just going to walk right in, they're not going to figure it out, and um the iPhone will never be a mass market su- success. So there you go, <laughs> they really pulled a Thomas on that one. In fact, we should call it Tom Ass as opposed to Thomas. Anyway, all right, never mind. <sighs> I should put that in the Urban Dictionary. Anyway, never mind that. All right, so uh, maybe we won't get rid of paper entirely. Fine. But like money, uh, like as in cash, it's fading away as the primary form of, of, of transacted currency. So it's, it's taking its time about it, but it is happening. So eventually paper is going to fade into the background more and more as time goes on, as more people use tablets and more you, people use better styluses or styli to, do, to take notes. I honestly believe that that is the case. However... It's the sort of thing that I've been keeping close eye on this for a long time, you know, for as, as long as I can remember, to see if the right software and the right hardware would come along and let me finally ditch paper. And I think that I'm pretty almost there, if not there. So in engineering, um, we convey a lot of information through drawings, diagrams, markups, all that stuff. It's all done with, with, by pen. Which, which sucks, but, you know, at the same time, it's how we communicate. And it's more natural and easier to draw a diagram, you know, with, with some annotations than it is to type out the text equivalent. So, I guess... Okay, so we've talked about paper. What about electronic notes, though? So, one of the things about electronic notes is that... Uh, let's do pros and cons. So the the pros of electronic notes is that they are fast to copy. They're, they're, they're quick and easy to share with anyone anywhere in the world. They are absolutely searchable. Mm-hmm. They take up uh, the same amount of space no matter how much you store. Um, well, within reason. Uh, one style has infinite colors and thicknesses and pen types. I think I mentioned that before. There's no ink, so there's no smudging. Yeah. No dripping, no mess. That's always good. Can you tell I've had pens leak on me and I'm still bitter? Yes. Anyhow, uh, fixing they mistakes. They don't run out of is, ink. Well, it was just, you know, it's ruined shirts. That's all I'm saying about that. So ink, ugh, whatever. Yeah. So fixing mistakes is faster and it's cleaner because you can just say, oh, I didn't do that right. I'll just hit erase and do it again. Yeah, but the same has been true of word processors for years. It's just now that styluses and tablets are catching up. So the same can now be true of handwritten notes that are electronic handwritten notes. However, the flip side, the cons are an individual page, so the individual cost per page of a note is far more on a tablet than the cost of a piece of paper and a pen. Or is it? We'll get to that in a minute. In some professions, signed ink originals are required by legislation. You can't get around that until the legislation is updated. 
and and it always lags behind technology. Just refer to causality in the Titanic, uh, episode four of causality. If you're not listening to causality, you should be. Give it a shot. It's on the Engineered Network. It's a great show. Anyway, so yes, um, <laughs> thank you. Anyway, the point is that yeah, the the legislation always lags, and hopefully someday that will change. Another con: stylus is a lot more fragile than a pen if you drop it. Mm, that is unavoidable. $165 or Australian dollars, which is whatever, $99 US for a for an Apple Pencil versus Ouch. five bucks. You know, Ouch. you drop that and it, yeah, it's a lot of money. You drop it, you broke it. You haven't broken it oh, yet, have you? No. No, I treat that, I treat <laughs> that, that Apple Pencil better than I treat. Okay, here's, mm, here's the I million could, dollar question. <laughs> have have you intentionally it. disassembled it yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, no. Does count? Does taking does taking the nib off count? Um, because there's a steel nah. bit in the middle. Well, that's I'll, fine. I'll, I'll no, cut you some slack on that. Have you actually seen the teardown? The teardown of this thing that they don't want you pulling it apart. It's like the repairability <laughs> ratio of this thing is essentially it's unrepairable. They had to, um, they had to grind the outside plastic. As a, as, a, as a line down the side. They literally had to tear it up to open it and to pry yeah. it open. This thing is completely is unrepairable in every way. No, sorry, it is not. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, no, I have not pulled it apart, no. And I wouldn't even try. But I have at least taken the nib off and said, ooh, look, shiny bit in the middle. Anyway, because <laughs> I'm me. Anyway, uh, right, so uh, stylus, another con for styluses. Styluses are much heavier than a pen. The active styluses are, that's for sure, because they've got electronics, they've got um, battery and a few other things. So the thing I mentioned before about cost, well, let's just quickly run some numbers on that, hey? Now, it only makes sense to do this over the lifespan of a product. So let's look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I've just, you know... I could have gone to Staples, but it doesn't really matter. I've got Officeworks. doesn't really matter. Roughly, you know, 100% recycled, carbon-neutral A4 paper sheets, okay? Pack 500. So that's $5.83 Australian. doesn't really matter, but call it, you know, call it that number. Um, I particularly mm-hmm. like the, the Uniball um, fine rollerball pens. Uh, you can get a four-pack of them from Officeworks. You know, which is two black, one blue, one red pen, uh, for fifteen dollars and twenty cents. Those are the good ones, the ones that mm-hmm. tend not to leak. They're the ones that give you a nice, fine, precise line. They're perfect for marking up engineering drawings. Um, they're not the cheapest pens, but they're still nice. Um, they're also not the most expensive pen in the world either, as someone I'm sure would point out to me. Anyhow, uh, ten pages I print on an average day, or rather, I used to. Uh, five days a week, 48 weeks a year, that's factoring in four weeks of um, sick leave and holiday leave each year, roughly, whatever. So that's about five reams of paper, a uh, ream of 500 pages. So that's about $30 a year if you look at that for your cost. So, uh, so in that time, I'll go through two sets of pens because I always go through the red and I always go through the blue. So I just get another pack of four and I've got a spare black at the end of the, the year and that's fine. So whatever. Uh, actually, I could couple gave one away last time. Anyway, 
So the total cost each year is about $70 Australian. So if I were to have already had an iPad in my pocket, an iPad Pro in my pocket, the cost of the stylus on top of the iPad is an extra 165 Australian, like I said before, $99 US. That will mean it would take about two and a half years for me to break even. So my stylus has to last me more than two and a half years for it to be cheaper than using the paper and the pens. Now, you can say that's a false economy because in the end, the paper is supplied by work. I supply my own pens because the work pens they supply are absolute rubbish. They're junk. Can't stand them. Sorry. They just are. Why is it that people say build... There's a clip of Dilbert that says, build a better life by stealing office supplies. And I'm like, no, don't. The office supplies (laughs) they give you are crap. You don't want them. No one wants them. Don't take them. Anyhow, do I... Anyway, whatever. So just don't uh, do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Resist the urge to take the crappy pen. Just don't do it. Okay. Anyway, so these sorts of, you know, back of the napkin kind of calculations are lovely and all that, but they don't include things like the electricity cost to charge the stylus. It's probably negligible, but still something. And they also don't take into account the shipping costs of the paper into the building or the disposal or recycling costs when you leave the building. If you shred the paper, how much electricity you use when you shred the paper? I mean, I could go on for a long, long time and try and do a true end-to-end cost. But let's just say that it's actually not that much more expensive if you take the tablet out of the equation. So if you already have the tablet, then getting an expensive stylus like an Apple Pencil, you know, it's actually mm-hmm. not as bad as you might think, provided you stop using the paper and the pens. Anyway, uh, and also, obviously, the assumptions I've got on this math is all based on my taste in pens. But in engineering, it's very common for engineers to do this because, you know, like I said, you need the fine marking pens, the ink that dries quickly and it doesn't run, doesn't smudge. It's, it has to be very fine and precise because some of the markups we do on these drawings, you know, they need to be as accurate as possible because then they go to the drafter. The drafter um, does up the changes in the drafting and, and it needs to be clean. Anyway. So most people just go for a dollar pen from the supermarket or they actually do use the free one supplied by the company. So, you know, I do understand that, but from a cost comparative point of view, if it was entirely up to you buying your own stuff, paper and pens, then it works out about the same for the lifetime you'd expect out of a stylus, which would be like two or three years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. So I was thinking to myself as well as I was doing the, the, the prep for this episode is, you know, we're already going down this road. This is not a new thing. It's been around for a while and we're seeing it more and more. So how many times have you had a courier deliver a package to you that you've had to sign for? Um, not as often as I would have liked to have signed for them. They usually just dump them on the porch here and run off. Um, but a few. <laughs> so, 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 so much for that theory. Uh, of the times that that has happened, have you ever signed for it electronically? Yeah. Okay. See, that's becoming far more common these days when you do sign for stuff and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that but I also recently had my driver's license renewed because my five years was up and I signed my signature on a touchscreen. Paper memos. Now they've essentially been replaced by emails. I haven't seen a paper memo in years. Um, Notice boards that used to have stacks and stacks of paper on them with little bits of, you remember the on your um, notice board, it used to have you have like a uh, eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, or AKA A4 or thereabouts. And on the bottom, you have a bunch of tear off strips that you have got some con- someone's contact name and phone number. 
Yep. You know, that sort of stuff's been replaced by internet web pages and wikis and SharePoint and, you know, like all those, like we don't have a notice board anymore. You know, we don't. We It's all intranet. So the move away from paper is already starting to happen in a lot, in some areas. And I think it's going to accelerate. So, okay. In order for a tablet and a stylus to be useful as a me- in engineering, as an engineering tool, uh, for me personally, it needs to solve several problems that I've got. First problem is I have to keep an engineering notebook that stores all of my sketches, handwritten as well as typed notes in the one place that has to do that uh, electronically. I have to be able to make accurate markups of PDFs usually uh, without losing resolution. And what I mean by that is that if I take a drawing done in something like AutoCAD and I print it on an A3 page and I then get my red pen and mark it up and then I have to scan that back in again and that loses resolution. So then my lines aren't quite as sharp as they used to be. And then I send that off Mm -hmm. to someone else. Then they mark it up. They scan it in. They send it off again. It get loses more resolution. After about the sixth or seventh scan, the thing is a blurry, blobby mess, and mm-hmm. it's it's terrible. So that needs to be something I have to be able to do is do that electronically. So there's no loss of resolution. I need to be able to create flowcharts and diagrams quickly and easily. As in, it cannot be any slower than doing it on a piece of paper for it to solve a problem. Um, whatever tablet I end up has to be portable enough for me to take with me everywhere I go, especially to meetings. And I have to be able to physically sign documents, either in Word or PDFs, as accurately as possible. So those are the problems that I have to solve. And the goal, I guess, also to eliminate um, the other the three issues that I encounter every day at work is I have to carry three pens everywhere, a blue, a black, and a red. And like I keep complaining, they leak. I also complain, well, I didn't complain, but I'm going to complain now that I lose them from time to time. Uh, They also run out of ink and, well, basically pens suck. So anyway, um, I currently have to print a document, write my markups on it and scan it in. And as I said before, that destroys the resolution. And why that's a problem also is that it it makes the original document unsearchable. So when you produce a PDF, the PDF is actually a collection of, uh, of marked up text but as soon as you scan it in as an image, you can still create it as a PDF, but the PDF has an embedded image in it. So there's yeah. no longer text. You can't search the text anymore. So sometimes you have these hybrid documents where people will sign the front page, the signatory block on the front page. They'll say, you know, author, John, sign John, okay? Um, checker, who doesn't actually check it. They just read through it like at a thousand miles an hour and don't even bother reading anything. Oh, I know, I'll, I'll fix your comma and I'll put an Oxford comma in here or something like that. There, a thumbs up, I've reviewed it. It's like, how about reviewing the content? Anyway, never mind that. So, um, yeah. So the front page is scanned. The rest of the page is the original PDF. You know, anyway. So, and finally, of course, I'm making notes in my engineering notebook. I need to take that notebook with me everywhere. But the problem is the size is limited so what I end up with doing is I move from book to book and then I have transitional books because let's say I've got a book that holds six months of my notes in it and then it fills mm-hmm. up. I need to get my next book for the next six months. But when I get my new book, if I don't carry the old book with me for at least the first few months, I have to. Ref- I have no way of referring back to the notes I took the last week or two. Yeah. So I end up in my transitional months carrying two So now you notebooks. carry in two books. 
Yeah. And it's so annoying. Anyway, so these are the, the annoyances I'm trying to solve here. So before I go and talk about the iPad uh, Pro and what I've gone and invested in, I just want to point out, it's actually, it's not my first tablet. Those of you that have been following me for years will know that. But for those that don't, um, I started out with a Palm Pilot that I actually wrote a bunch of software for, um, a Palm Zire uh, 71, Model 71, not the 72, unfortunately, but anyway. Uh, on the Apple side of things, more recently, I started out with the original iPad, iPad 1. Uh, I've then had an iPad 2, an iPad Air, an iPad Mini, an iPad Mini Retina, which I believe was renamed the iPad Mini 2, retrospectively, retro-reactively, anyway, and now an iPad Pro. So styluses, I've had most recently, I've had a Griffin 2-in-1, which is actually a combination pen and capacitive stylus, which worked well for about six months and then broke and now doesn't work as a stylus anymore. Um yeah, well, it was cheap. It was like 20 bucks. Anyway, that's okay. Um, I think it's pronounced Adonit or Adonit. I don't know. Whatever. Adjot Pro. And that wasn't too bad as styluses go. Now, again, a passive stylus. And then an active stylus I got. First one is the Apple Pencil. So going paperless for engineering is mostly about the stylus. But, you know, having a device that has a decent touchscreen keyboard would be a huge plus. So I'm going to talk about that as well. But anyway, so um, have to ask the question, have you played with an iPad Pro and or the Apple Pencil at all? I have not played with him yet. Okay, cool. Well, I didn't jump into this without trying them a lot. I actually hung out at the Apple Store. Well, let me rephrase this. Uh, careful how I phrase this. I hung out at the Apple Store more than usual. There you go. Um, there you go. There you go. And I've been trying um, not to do that. Yeah, and that's bad. Seemed like my, my last few trips into the Apple Store, I left with something. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the holes in my wallet were on the floor of the Apple Store. But anyhow, so anyway, um, yeah, so okay, about the iPad Pro, just a few basic things about the uh, the styluses first. So I I tried styluses before, and honestly, I really didn't have much luck. The when I say luck, I mean they didn't work well. The touchscreen keyboards as well, I didn't really have that much success. So. I was very skeptical from the outset. I just I wanted to know before I put money into this thing that it was actually going to work properly. So I and I want to be able to take a stab, a tablet and a stylus with me and not need a laptop or a notebook, you know, or a pen or a pencil. I don't want any of that. I want to just be able to take the tablet and be done. So way back when I had an iPad Mini two, uh, I also had the Griffin and the Adonit at that point, and I drew several engineered comic strips, and I used. Um, I used some software for doing that. Hang on, let's double check the name of it. I didn't write it down. Um, I used Inkflow Plus was the software that I used. And it was good software, but the styluses sucked. You know, the passive styluses, they weren't accurate. They lagged. They didn't always detect the beginning of a stroke accurately. And mm-hmm. it was it was really, really frustrating and difficult. So I tried, you know, and, and I also tried using my older iPads and styluses at work. And the two big issues that kept coming up were the accuracy of the stylus and the, the speed, therefore, uh, for drawing markups and signatures and notes was effectively impossible to do. So I found myself just going back and erasing and trying again before to try and get it right. Like I'd have two or three attempts, sometimes even more, to try and get the markups to be accurate and, and correct, 
the correct length and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's no no pressure sensitivity, none of that. And my signature did not look like my signature. You know, I'd do signatures again and again, and eventually I'd just give up. I'm like, this is ridiculous because I was signing. My natural signature was too fast, so I have to slow down. And that wasn't really my signature because once you slow down how fast you sign your signature, you change the dynamic of the signature, the pen weighting and everything, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. look anything like it. Yeah. Now, the typing side of things was really slow because on the iPad... Um, on the iPad Air, the iPad 1 and 2 that had, you know, 1 and 2 had and 3 had almost the same size uh, screens. But particularly the mini, honestly, the keyboard was just too cramped. And I mean the on-screen keyboard I'm talking about. Yeah. And on the original iPad, I'll be honest, the typing lag was beyond horrible for most of the time. It wasn't always, but most of the time it was pretty horrible. I could, because I can sort of touch type, well, I can touch type, but I could sort of touch type on the touch screen and it just could not keep up. And I realize I'm going yeah. back in time to pain that was five years ago, but still, it's, it put me off even bothering. So, uh, obviously, you can say, well, typing problems on an iPad, you can overcome that by using an external keyboard. So, why don't you do that? Well, that's exactly what I did do. I used an external iPad keyboard dock, which, you know, with all of the models, for every one of them, uh, from time to time, I used that. Uh, I actually got a 30-pin dock to lightning adapter so that I could use the newer iPads with it as well. And I'd get, yeah. I got an old box of business cards and I used to prop that up behind the iPad to take the weight of the, the middle to top of the iPad so it didn't break, uh, didn't break the lightning connector. And that idea worked fine until I tried that with the iPad Pro. It's way too top-heavy and just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, just too big. I just pushed a little bit too far. So, yeah, whoops. Anyway. And it's uh, one more thing you're carrying now too. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was excellent for text entry because the keyboard was exactly the same keyboard as the first generation aluminium Apple keyboards, as well as on the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air that I had for the most part for the last few years. And, you know, it was it was great. But as you pointed out, it's not portable, you know, and you're stuck at your desk. So it's excellent for text entry as a keyboard, but it was only useful at my desk at work and portability for meetings, forget that, on the train, useless. So then I went and tried a clam case. And that's a, it was a, a Bluetooth keyboard in a case with a handle. But the problem was it just wasn't stable enough. And I talked about this um, uh, on an episode way back with when Mike, with Mike Hurley was on the show. And uh, we we're talking about the surface and the surface uh, instability because, you know, you can't change the laws of physics, right? Like Scotty said that, so it must be true. Anyway, and um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the problem was the Bluetooth keyboard it kept disconnecting. Uh, again, I had the same problem with buffering. Yeah, the typing speed was disconcerting. It, it just didn't work. So, you know, I've written about this. I podcasted about it. Honestly, I gave up on the iPad as an engineering productivity tool. I just gave up on it. It just wasn't working. So the thing was that I did a year of typing at school, at high school, and I got that much ribbing about it. I've talked about it previously on the show, but, you know, now I'm a touch typist. Yay, go for me. But um, in order for that to be a useful skill, the key the key spacing on the keyboard is critical when mm-hmm. you're swapping between devices. So one of the things I love is that all the Apple keyboards have the same keys and the same key spacings. At least their physical keyboards do. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the touchscreens don't. So yeah. I've tried many times to use touchscreen keyboards for touch typing, but there's always been the two issues. There's no locators for your index fingers. So if you feel your physical keyboard, there should be a notch or a divot or a dent or something or a ripple 
on the F and the J keys on the physical keyboard. Those are your locator keys for your index fingers. So you can mm-hmm. feel where your keys, where your fingers, hands are supposed to be hovering uh, without looking down at your keys. You look at your keys, you're going to lose, you know, 20, 30% of your typing speed. Don't look at your keys. Just, it kills your speed. So anyway, the key sizing and the inter-key spacing, however, for touchscreen keyboards were also just a little bit off, although just too small, such that, you know, you're used to moving your finger a fixed distance to go from J to U or J to Y or you know, or F to E or whatever. Oh, no, don't go F to E, F to R, whatever. The point is that if you change all of those dimensions, you have to relearn how far you're going to move your finger. Otherwise, you're just hitting the wrong keys. Yeah. And a lot of the keys just, don't, just won't align. So it just didn't work. So typing on an older, smaller iPads, it was slower, it was inaccurate, and it was frustrating as hell. So I ended up giving up on that as well. So, um, yeah, anyway. So all the older iPads, it was physically impossible to create a virtual keyboard that matched the same dimensions as a physical keyboard. And interestingly, despite the, well, some people say the the novelty or ridiculous size of an iPad Pro, which is 12 points, I forget how many inches, 12 and a bit inches, but it's actually really close to a physical size keyboard, really close. Mm -hmm. So um, what the key sizes and the spacing for iPad for the iPad 1, 2, the Mini, the Pro, the Smart Keyboard, and an Apple Wireless Keyboard, there's a link in the show notes to the companion article for this episode uh, on tech distortion. So have a look at that if you want a table. I've done a table where I've measured them all. Um, it's in millimeters, sorry. Anyhow, but for the purposes of, of this discussion about the iPad Pro, uh, a real-world physical keyboard made by Apple is 273 millimeters wide, and that's from the left-hand edge of the caps lock to the right-hand edge of the return key. The full width of an iPad Pro screen is only 263 millimeters. Now, that missing 10 millimeters had to come from somewhere. And where Apple shaved it off is they shaved off the interkey spacing. I mean, that's the obvious choice, right? That's the spacing between the keys. Honestly, it's exactly yeah. the same choice I would have made if I was to make that choice. I'd rather the keys are the same size and I just made them slightly closer together. And that's what they did. So, what does all this add up to? because this is pragmatic and it's not about aesthetics of the screen. It's how practical it is. So what's the best way to tell how practical it is? And that is a good old-fashioned, well, typing test, speed test. So I used my iPad Pro and I ran a project. I found a, I got a program, uh, a program, God, I got to get with it. I'm not hip. An app from the App Store. Anyway, There's an app for that. There is an app for that. And the one I got was called Tap Typing. There's a link in the show notes if you're interested. So it's just a typing test. So you just get a standard random script from a classic novel that's got you know a bunch of sentences in it and you just type it in and it measures how many letters you get right and how fast you do it. So it measures how many words per minute and it measures an accuracy percentage. So uh, I did a best of three for each of the keyboard configurations that I tested and I took the best time from each of those three runs. Uh, the typing test uh, does not rely on autocorrection, so letters have to be entered correctly prior to proceeding. So I'll list them in order of the slowest or worst in terms of accuracy to the fastest and best in terms of speed and accuracy. And there is a connection between that. The slowest was the worst and the fastest was the best in terms of speed and accuracy, and that tracks all the way through all the tests that I did. So we're going to start with the worst performance. The worst performance was a touchscreen on an iPad mini-sized keyboard. 
So the way I did this is I turned the iPad Pro into portrait mode, and which point the keyboard dimensions then almost exactly match that of an iPad Mini's keyboard dimensions. Mm-hmm. So in that orientation, and I and I that's my baseline. Remember, this was the point at which I said, nope, this sucks, I'm not going to bother. And that's why it's a relevant data point. And that was 39 words per minute at 94% accuracy, which for me, that's just, that's terrible. And that's one of the reasons I gave up on it years ago. So iPad Pro with a smart keyboard, that's Apple's fancy smart keyboard, which we'll talk about more in a minute, 63 words per minute at 96% accuracy. Okay, that's, that's a bit more respectable. Now, here's the interesting one. The next fastest wasn't the smart keyboard. Faster than the smart keyboard was the iPad Pro touchscreen keyboard in landscape mode at 67 words per minute and 97% accuracy. The fastest one, yeah, I know. The fastest one is the first generation Apple aluminium physical keyboard, 85 words per minute at 98% accuracy. So 80, 90 words per minute, that's what I average these days and that's fine. Uh, it's just that there's no way you can beat the physical keyboard. I think we all know that. That's fine. But that touch keyboard, really not that far behind. And what's interesting is... That, yeah. And what's interesting is that the smart keyboard, for me at least, I, I didn't actually get... A, I mean, call the number 63 to 67. So I was out by four words a minute and 1% accuracy. I would have expected the smart keyboard being a physical keyboard to have performed better than the touch screen, but it didn't, at least not for me. Yeah. So whilst it's true that the occasional need to glance down at my virtual keys when I was typing was, call it double touch typing actually, because it's touch typing on a touch screen. So call it double touch typing if you want to. So double touching, double touch typing on was actually, I did hurt my speed by looking at the keys from every now and then to make sure my fingers were in the right spot. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are slightly different, you know, key spacings also hurt my accuracy. So the thing is, though, if you me- measure the dimensions of the smart keyboard, um, the smart keys are slightly smaller, only by half a millimeter, but the key spacing's the same. So it's interesting. I got the measurements up on the website. Have a look. But the smart keyboard itself really wasn't, even though it had locators on the F and J keys. You know, the physical edges of those keys, the material it's made out of is very unusual. And it may, I found it made it difficult to feel the edge for the uh, edge on the keys. It wasn't quite as obvious. Uh-huh. Lower, lower profile, different material, very rubbery. Just not the sort of keyboard I'm used to typing on. Now, I dare say that with more practice, I would probably, the smart keyboard would probably be slightly faster than the touchscreen. But it shouldn't be slightly faster. It should be as fast as an actual physical keyboard. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I find that interesting. But for me, anyway, the touch typing speed, 67 words a minute, that definitely then passes that uh, minimum threshold for usability. So I'm now at a point where, hallelujah, I can use a touch screen to double touch type. Yes, no keyboard necessary, no external physical keyboard necessary. And that's quite productive, for me at least anyway. So mm-hmm. anyway, the conclusion from that, iPad Pro is essentially by far the best and perhaps only iPad that there is that I can actually double touch type on. So that's that's a big plus. No more external keyboards needed for me. So that's cool. So about the smart keyboard, for those that don't know, it's designed to work only with the iPad Pro. 
It's actually yeah. does double duty. It's a cover as well as a keyboard. So the keyboard's built into the cover. It's a passive device and it uses the three small and rather well-disguised pins, if you can call them that, circles, uh, located on the left-hand uh, side of the tablet to draw its, uh, to connect into the uh, iPad. Now, it has uh, several folding configurations depending on whether you want to use it as a keyboard or not or in carrying mode or in covering mode or whatever, propping it up mode, whatever you want to call it. But I tell you what, mate, I spent a lot of time practicing in the store to get it right. I actually felt really stupid, to be honest, because it's not obvious. I, I sat there and I'm like, oh, maybe this folds behind this and that, that props against that. And I'm trying to get the geometry state in my head, straight in my head. And I'm looking at the ones folded next to me and I'm like, so how did they fold that? What sequence did they do that in? And it's like, oh, not the magnets latched again. Oh, okay, stop, undo it, start again. <laughs> I was it, as, seriously. As a cover, it actually wraps around the iPad twice, doesn't it? Uh, not exactly, no. It's No? I don't know how to describe it, but it folds back on itself, yes, um, which is bizarre. I mean, once you get okay, your head so around it. it doesn't wrap around one side and then wrap around the other. It folds back no. on itself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it it just it feels just bizarre. And it doesn't sit flat obviously, because uh, it's got keyboard built into it. Mm-hmm. But one, I guess once you get the hang of how you fold it, I'm sure it becomes second nature, but it was just bizarre to me. Anyway. But the thing is though, I tried typing on this keyboard many, many times. I spent half an hour blocks over many days, well not many days, several days anyway, over a few weeks. I did that to make absolutely sure before I put money down on it. And I didn't. I decided not to. I really didn't like the key mechanism. But the funny thing is, it wasn't the key mechanism that I didn't like the, the as much. I really didn't like the feeling on my fingertips. It felt rubbery. It felt sluggish. I, I had trouble feeling where the edges were. It was just an annoying feeling. It just it didn't feel right. So for me, you know, those things were basically were deal breakers. I couldn't type as fast as I could on the touch screen. You know, it's like if I'm going to put down that kind of money, it really needs to be a damn good keyboard and it isn't, you know. So if I want a decent uh, typing experience from next to a physical keyboard, then I'll just get a physical keyboard and take it with me like a proper one. So I guess they had their reasons, right, for making them out of the materials that they did. And, you know, there's all sorts of possibilities as to, to why um, they did that. I mean, maybe it was a weight reduction thing. Uh, maybe it was to make it thinner. Certainly, the key action was to make it thinner. They, they used the, uh, uh, a, much, a much smaller travel on the keys to make it thinner. There's no doubt about that. Uh, maybe they used that material because it was a cover on the iPad and needed to be more moisture resistant, whereas normal keys on a keyboard, they don't make them moisture resistant. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're all probably the trade-offs that they that Apple made. But honestly, like I said, it doesn't feel great to the touch, at least not to me. And pressing the keys felt horrible. Again, to me, not what I'm used to. Space, the, the key sizes weren't quite the same. So for that kind of money, I'm like, no, I'm not going to I'm not gonna do that. I'm not going to buy one. And I haven't. I've, I didn't get one. So uh, if I didn't have a laptop and the iPad Pro was the only device I had, I could understand buying a physical keyboard to use with it but I'm, I'm not in that mm-hmm. position. Uh, but having a big screen does need some kind of protection. So, you know, you've got to protect the screen somehow. So if you don't buy the smart keyboard, what do you do? Well, you just buy the smart cover, and that's what I did. So I had a smart cover on my iPad mini for years, and it was great. 
I loved it because you can just pull it off when you don't want it. it. Makes the iPad lighter, and it covers the screen quite nicely, and it protects the screen from being cracked, which is well, we're not in use, which is great. And you can use it to prop it up as well. So it got me thinking: if I really did want a nice new wireless keyboard for my iPad Pro, would it actually mm-hmm. be a better option to go with a smart cover and the new Apple wireless keyboard? So I've crunched the numbers. It actually works out $11 US, $15 Australian cheaper to do it that way than to get the smart keyboard. Of course, the downside is that it's going to be slightly heavier, but it's not that much heavier, 56 grams heavier, which is just under two ounces heavier. And of yeah. course, you would you would take the Bluetooth keyboard with you only when you expect to do a lot of typing, which would not be all the time. Yeah. Of course, the, the flip side of that is people say, oh, but the smart cover is always with you. So if the urge to type strikes you in the moment, you'll have it there with you. And it's like, that's true. But then the touchscreen is a perfectly passable keyboard. So why would you do that? And I'm now going to take one of Tim Cook's expressions and turn it back on him, which is the smart keyboard to me just makes the iPad a more confusing product than it needs to be. So there you go. Anyway, that's what I think about the smart keyboard. Okay, the pencil. I've always dreamed of having a responsive and accurate stylus, and I had not found one until I tried this one. Mind you, I haven't tried every stylus in all of existence. I have used a bamboo um, Wacom tablet many moons ago, and I've used all sorts of other styluses I've already listed previously. But the Apple Pencil, I can say from my own personal experience, um, you know, is the best, most accurate stylus I have ever used. It is almost as good as writing with a real pen. And, you know, it's it's pretty incredible. So... I did the whole slow motion thing because, well, again, I'm me. And yes, you know, it's obvious that there is some lag. Of course there is. And some apps haven't been fully updated to um, utilize the Apple Pencil's APIs properly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they're obviously not as, they don't perform as well. But uh, the ones that have been updated to include the Apple Pencil are fantastic. So what's the competition? Let's think about it. You're competing against... Uh, let's just go with a nice, cheap, boring, old ballpoint pen. A Papermate Inkjoy. And why? Because that was the one I had handy when I had the scales. Weighs 7 grams. The Apple Pencil weighs 20.5 grams. But interestingly, my passive stylus, the Adonit, um, the Jot Pro, mm-hmm. it actually weighed the most at 23 grams, despite the fact that it's shorter and about the same thickness. But you can argue all sorts of things like, oh, it's not a fair fight because the Apple Pencil is an active device and it's got a battery. The Adonit doesn't, but the Adonit has a metal case and that makes it heavier. Like the, the whole thing is metal. But the thing I noticed the most about the Apple Pencil, though, when I feel it in my hand, I use it for writing, is that it's weight distribution. So it feels heavier and it's longer. So it's that turning moment problem and it just feels that heavier to your wrist. Despite the fact it's lighter than the Adonit, it feels heavier because of the mm-hmm. the weight distribution. So anyway, uh, sometimes what I do with pens when I'm using uh, them for a long period of time is I'll take the lid off. So you know when you take the lid off a pen, you often you just put it on the end of the pen when you're not using it. Oh, well, sorry, mm-hmm. when you're using the pen, right? So yeah. what I'll do is I'll sometimes take the lid off the pen because I don't like having the pen that long because it then makes the pen feel heavier for the same reason. So to make the pen lighter, I'll often take the lid off or not put the lid on at all 
and that reduces their overall length when I'm when I'm writing for longer periods of time. Yeah. Um, because doing that affects the pressure that you write with as well. And it's a fatigue thing. The plug cap, whatever you want to call it, on the end of the Apple Pencil that hides the lightning charger, uh, it doesn't make much of a difference to the weight or the length of the device. So it makes no difference. And I, okay, I know that's completely the nitpickiest nitpick of all nitpicks, but still, um, <laughs> still, you know. But I don't like a hefty pen. I just don't. Yeah. And... It's, it just feels unnecessary. It adds no value. It just it sucks. And I know that they've added steel to it and that weights it to stop it from rolling around. Okay, that's a, a handy feature. Um, mind you, so it's a pocket clip. <laughs> Never mind that. Um, and for the magnets, um, they also put the steel in there for the magnets. So it would, be, um, it would attach to the iPad, I guess. Anyway, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. That's less clear, but I'm assuming that's why they did that. So I found using it for long periods of time, you know, it ties my hand out more than a pen would. But that's understandable given the additional weight. But I can't do anything about that. I, I'll get used to that, of course. But then, you know, I think back to the days when I was at uni and I was writing six pages of text notes during a two-hour lecture. That was 20 years ago and my hand didn't cramp. Mind you, go down half a page with this thing and my hand starts cramping. Well, <laughs> insert old man comment here. Anyway, never mind. Okay. So toughen up, princess. Whatever. <clears throat> That's me telling me that to myself. I'm not a princess. Okay. So I want to wrap up on the hardware now between the iPad Pro and the stylus. So, but basically, I've owned and I've used pretty much all the iPad form factors. And I can pretty well safely say that the size extremes have very clear use cases. And mm-hmm. the mid-size model is sort of a bit of both. So the mini, I would say, is great for single-handed use and reading books, novels, if you like. Mm-hmm. The iPad Pro is pretty much for two-handed use only. You know, you, using it in one hand, no. I, I can use it with one hand and I prop the short or the long side against my uh, my stomach or my, my hip sometimes taking yeah. notes. Or I prop it on my arm underneath so the entire diagonal of my arm so I have one corner propped in the crook of my arm and my fingers around the other corner and I hold it like that when I take notes with my other hand. Uh, or, of course, like I'm resting. Like a clipboard. Yeah, exactly like a clipboard, yes. Uh, but it's also great for reading newspapers. It's so nice for reading newspapers and comics. Not that I'm a big comic reader, but okay, maybe I tried it. Maybe I didn't. I'm not confessing anything. <laughs> okay, the Air, the iPad Air, is a bit of both and it balances portability with both of those two extremes. So clearly now it's a much better spread in the product line, but I can see that the, the use cases for both. So, and there is something magical about being able to touch the screen and seeing things respond directly to your touch. And yeah, you know, well, I used my first light pen in the late eighties and I was impressed, but it's nothing at all like this. And I worry that people get a bit blase about it, you know, because um, the ubiquity or near ubiquity of smartphones these days with touch screens it's just people are like, oh, yeah, it's got a touchscreen, big deal. It's just a bigger touchscreen, big deal. But the yeah, fact remains... It's old news now. Yeah, it, 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 people get blasé because it is a bit like old news. And the fact remains that how immersed you feel in what you're interacting with uh, with, with a touchscreen device, it draws you in the larger the screen is because the screen is larger, it just draws you in more. So it's more immersive, it's more engaging. There's simply no other way to describe it. It is. So anyway, 
I use my laptop on the train a few hours each week, uh, each workday, and but primarily it's at my desk. I use my iPad uh, on the couch or in a comfy chair. I use it for reading Twitter, the newspaper, Instapaper, RSS feeds, surfing the net. You know, the iPad Pro for me has been the best iPad for all of those tasks. The only one where it's fallen down is reading books and novels. And frankly, I don't read enough much of those anymore. According yeah. to my wife, I don't read enough. So, you know, anyway, hey, I read. It's just engineering stuff. That's all. Anyway, all right. Uh, so now I'm using my iPad for all of my handwritten notes at home and at work. I have made it my mission to not pick up a pen at all. And just today, I had to sign something in ink. It was the first time in three weeks. And it took me five minutes to find my damn pen because I'd forgotten where I put it. Did I hadn't you curse it. and grumble at the people that made you do it? I absolutely did. I actually did. I'm like, oh, God why are you making me use my pen? And they looked at me funny. And I'm like, uh, I just realized how crazy that sounded. Never mind. I just need to find my pen. Here, you can use our pen. No, I have to use my pen. Anyway, you can imagine that conversation. I, I've had some of those conversations myself. <laughs> well, there you, there you go. So anyway, I, I thought, you know, I thought I would miss one-handed operation of the mini, but ultimately I just prop the pro up on my leg or my knee or use it as a clipboard. It's And it's comfortable enough. And it's not an issue. It's not as much of an issue as I thought it would be. And over the Christmas break, I was lucky to spend a few hours pretty much sitting in that position on the couch, you know, kicking back. Um, and it was fantastic. And watching video and, and audio playback on the iPad Pro is actually really impressive. This, the bass reproduction, stereo on it, it, the sound is really, really nice. And it can, the volume is great. It can fill them a small room, no problem. Yeah, I uh, hear they did some, some great work with the audio on it. Oh, yeah, the audio is, is quite impressive. It's it is quite impressive. It's far better than the MacBook Pro, and it's just it's better than any other iPad or iPhone by by a, by a significant margin. Anyway, um, now for other reasons, I've been avoiding using my iPad in bed, my old iPad, for a few months because I've been trying to avoid the whole artificial light thing before bed. You know, um, yeah, yeah, which is bad for getting into sleep and so on so that hasn't been an issue I, there, for the longest time i did but i don't do that anymore so that actually hasn't turned out to be an issue so in short one-handed operation of the ipad is no longer an issue for me obviously your mileage may vary you know mm-hmm. okay and um, as i said i've only ever used the pen once uh in a month pretty much an actual physical pen uh and that's made only because someone else made me those bastards okay um <laughs> i've only i've only ever printed out pages for other people, not for myself, and no additional paper has been landed on my desk by my own hand. Unfortunately, I can't stop other people from putting their paper on my desk, and they still do it. So I go, I left this note on your desk to have a look at, and these drawings to have a review, and I'm like, couldn't you just email it to me? I'll mark it up on my iPad. Oh, but but it's here on the paper. I don't want your paper. Your paper is no good here. Anyway, whatever. So I didn't put any on my own desk by my own hand. So that's I don't the best think they I have. Do. I don't. I don't think they have your iPad to go with it. So you know what? You, no, but they don't. All they got to do is email me the PDF. I can mark it up, right? I can email it back to them. But they don't need to give me a hard copy anymore. Anyway, it's fine. I'm not at the point where I'm going to put a sign on my desk yet that says this is desk is a paper free zone, but it's coming. Anyhow, all right. So finally, is the software equation, and this is the piece that glues it all together. You know, the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil doesn't matter if you're using a Surface Pro, you're using the, the, the Surface Pen, doesn't matter. 
no matter what you've got in terms of hardware, as amazing mm-hmm. products as they may be, they are no good. They are useless without software that supports their features. So Apple, of course, knew this. So Apple had the Notes app. They gave it a big upgrade knowing this was coming. And the Notes app on the iPad itself, it's been optimized for the pencil, obviously, because Apple knew it was coming. And it shows. It's got excellent pressure sensitivity. The tilt support's really good. And you'll see some of the cleanest lines and the best palm rejection you can imagine. It's really, really good. But there's one huge drawback. There's no handwriting. There's no handwriting recognition. There's no OCR, um, optical character recognition. There's no searchability. So OCR is becoming very common. And honestly, uh, it's supported in OneNote. Microsoft are leveraging their decades of experience with pen support um, and OCR. They brought that to OneNote across all their platforms, I believe, uh, including iOS. Now, Apple don't have a native solution for that on iOS. They don't have pen support on iOS, not really. So whilst I recognize that typing is always going to be faster than handwriting, in engineering, I still spend a lot of time making handwritten notes because it's just mm-hmm. that's the way it's done. That's why I've always done it. That's how I work. So drawing diagrams, the reason amount of text in them is, has this is what I do. So being able to search handwritten text, that would be a dream come true, right? OCR it or some other method, that would be a dream come true. Now, the problem is in my office uh, where I work, access to the servers, the Microsoft servers are firewalled, Right? I have to tether to get external access to my OneDrive for OneNote to synchronize. And Microsoft actually do their OCR not on the device. They do it on the cl- in, in the server side. They, they do send it, it off. Yeah. So they crunch it in the background. Mm-hmm. And they feed the results back to the document as text when they're done. So then you can search and it's like an underlay under the document if you'd like or a separate layer. Think of it that way. Now, they suggest that it only takes five minutes for that to happen, but I've waited hours before I've had that back. And it's like, before it was searchable, I'm like, really? That's when I did have connectivity and I don't when I'm at work. So it was no good, you know? And Mm -hmm. what I needed is a a method that was, you know, able to work locally. But on the plus side, it was genuine OCR, which means any image, no matter what it was, whether I drew it or not with my own handwriting or my own sketching, any image I would put in there would be OCR'd and would have a response. Anyway, but the downside is, you know, server side, so it's no good to me. So, um, okay, so with notes, it was all going really, really well for the first week or two, but it then started to look a lot like my real world notes and my real world notes had a big problem that they were unsearchable and they were poorly indexed because yeah. I'm disorganized and just terrible. You know, so instead of flipping pages in my notebook looking for my notes, I was going through notes documents looking for my notes because I couldn't search them. Um, on the plus side, I could look at them wherever I was because the notes synchronized to my to my phone. They synchronized to my to my Mac, so I could take notes on the iPad and then I could look at them in the other tools. So that was at least one of my criteria was met. That's great, but I couldn't search them. So I did a lot of researching uh, on, over a few, well, about a week or two, and I found. Um, a program that I am blown away by for that for that key feature, and it's a uh, software is called GoodNotes Four. Have you ever heard of GoodNotes? I have not. Mm. See, I hadn't either, and then I had a look at it, and I saw some of the some of the reviews and uh, some of the how tos on the website, and I'm like, 
I'm skeptical. Call me skeptical, but I'm going to give this a go. Now, it's not particularly special insofar as what it can do. It's like you can create categories for your workbooks. Um, you know, so I've, you got it starts with uncategorized and trash. I just added work and home and went with that. You can create a notebook. You can give it different covers if you want. There's lots of options, colors and patterns and everything. But me being me, a cover's a cover and it's a virtual cover and I don't care. So I just went with the default color, default cover, which was mm-hmm. uh, simple blue. Boring, but it's fine. It works. It's a cover. Who cares? The first page that when you, when you create it gives you options for different paper sizes. So you can customize that based on where you live. In my case, um, I used A4 because it's the standard because I live in Australia and A4 is the standard. If you're in North America, it'll be probably 8.5 by 11 or 11 by 17 if you want to go to a larger size, whatever. Anyway, so you have all sorts of different options for paper types. So you can get pre-ruled or graph style paper if you want. So it'll just give you a nice blank template for you to draw on. It'll be whichever pattern you like. You can even create your own custom template if you want to. Not that I'm going to, but you could. Anyway, so yeah. I, I, my, I use narrow ruled, which is if when I'm going to write a lot of words, uh, or I use narrow and quad ruled, which is basically ruled in the X and the Y axes, which is otherwise known as graph paper. And I'd use that for sketching diagrams or just plain paper for freehand sketching. Of course, it's not real paper. It's fake paper, virtual paper, if you'd like. Anyway, so... <laughs> it's not paper anyway, paper. You're not paper paper. No, no. You cannot turn it into origami and do not try. Anyhow... So, swiping between the pages, two-finger slide, left or right, pinch the zoom works like you would expect it to. Um, it's pretty basic. You know, you've got a stylus. You can use it as a pen, a highlighter, or an eraser. It's also got a nice little lasso tool for selecting areas of the of your notes, and you can cut, copy, paste, or resize them. Um, Inkflow has the same tool, and I loved that, which is really good. Anyway, um, the other thing is uh, you can you know, just tap those once they've been selected like as a, as a pen or a highlighter and then you can, you know, choose the color or the line thickness and all that stuff. It's all it's all pretty standard, you know, color palettes and all that other jazz. You know, nothing too special there. It's just, it does the job. There's a shape recognition function as well. So if you draw a square or like freehand, it tries to turn it into nice straight lines for you. It's, I found it was kind of mostly passable, but there's another bit mm-hmm. of software I'm also trialing, which I'll talk about another day called Graphio and it does a much better job and in terms of shape recognition, um, and frankly, so does OneNote, actually. OneNote has pretty decent shape recognition as well. It identified um, uh, pentagons and octagons, which was really good, and even adjusted the the, uh, the side width so that they were all uh, equal length, which is really cool. So anyway, but unfortunately, um, no, uh, uh, GoodNotes is not quite as good for that, but that's okay. It's not a deal breaker. Uh, synchronizing options, obviously via iCloud, and uh, that works fine. I tested that extensively between the 6s plus the iPad Pro and the MacBook Pro, uh, but it also includes import and export options for Google Drive, OneDrive, Box, and Dropbox being the key one. And you can also use Dropbox for automatic backups. So every time you finish writing a couple of things and you pause for like five or ten seconds, it'll just upload the, a copy to Dropbox for safekeeping as an automatic backup uh, if you mm-hmm. don't trust iCloud, which is awesome because you can then open that in the desktop app and so on and so forth. Uh, so yeah, you can also import stuff from iCloud Drive, different sources like photos or the camera directly. If you want, I like can take a photo to start marking it up, which is cool. But all of that's all like, you know, okay, there's plenty of apps that do that. That's not what hooked me. That's not what what impressed me and not why I bought it. It's the live offline text searching of your handwriting that is awesome. 
So mm-hmm. imagine this. I'm going to write the word um, Hudson, well, Vic Hudson, and I'm going to write that down right now. I'm then going to go to the top right corner. Um, there's a little ellipsis. You click tap on that and go search. I'm going to type in Hudson and it automatically finds that text, highlights it in yellow and takes you to that page where that sees the word Hudson. That's pretty cool. And to prove that it works offline, I killed the Wi-Fi. I wrote something, searched for it, searched for the text I've just written and it found it. So it's it does the analysis on the device and it does it pretty much in real time. So as soon as you write it, you search for it, you find it. Just amazing. It just absolutely melted my brain that it was actually, it was good enough to do that. Now, it's not OCR, okay? It doesn't run it through a, a post process. It tracks your strokes as you write the words, mm-hmm. as, you, as you sketch things, which means that that created a problem because all of the last two weeks of notes before I started using GoodNotes 4, they were all in notes, like, sorry, the notes app, the Apple notes app. Now, as far as I know, there is no standard for like um, line thickness, line line pressure, uh, like like stylus pressure. Um, I can't export something in a common format between notes that GoodNotes can import. It has to export it as an image. You know what I mean? I can't extract yeah. how much pressure was I at this point, how fast in order for it to, to look the same everywhere. Exactly. So I, there is no standard that I'm, I'm aware of. If I'm wrong, someone feel free to correct me, but I'm reasonably sure there is no standard or agreed standard. I think it's just very much like word perfect versus word versus, mm-hmm. you know, open Somebody office. will have to make a, uh, somebody will have to make a, a markup protocol for it. And I'm sure they will. In time. And then you'll have to get everybody to, to to agree to play with it and not try and lock you in with their own proprietary thing because they just yeah. want you to use theirs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, so unfortunately what I've done, and people are going to probably think, John, you're so crazy. And here's the thing, right? Maybe I am, but hey, searching my own handwritten text is such a unbelievably awesome feature. I am prepared to put myself through this. Here's what I've done. What do you think I've done? There's no telling. <laughs> How well do you know me, Vic? Come on. What I did... Pretty pretty well. I'm sure you went to um, extremes that, that, that most people would not. Yep. You're, you're, that, is, that is probably accurate. I, I did... I exported all of my notes as images onto the camera roll and then imported them as static images and then I traced over them with the Apple Pencil letter for letter, line for line over the top and then That's deleted the hardcore. image out. I deleted the, deleted the image out from underneath. <laughs> How long did that take? Next question. Um, the effort is not necessarily the point. It's now the fact that I'm, I've, I've gone even further. You think this is bad? I've gone further. I've actually gone and taken my last six months of my engineering notebook. Why? Because of the same problem I said about half an hour ago. I'm transitioning between notebooks. I don't want to carry the other notebook. I don't want to carry the other notebook with me. So what am I going to do? Well, I've taken a photo of all 50 pages and I am tracing them through in my spare time. 
So basically what I'm hearing is there's no cost too great to make a clean break. <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. Am I crazy? Probably. Because the bottom line is, of course, that there is no standard. If I export from GoodNotes 4, it'll end up as a PDF or an image, right? So yeah. any handwriting recognition that I'm getting, any handwriting search that I'm getting is going to be stuck with this app. My hope is that in two years' time, three years' time, if more apps come out that support this that are better than GoodNotes 4, may happen, may not happen, doesn't matter. You know, I will have to cross that bridge when I get to it. But I don't think I would be so brave or stupid. Then you can transcode it all again. Man, two and a half years worth of notes. uh, I think that (laughs) would be just pushing it. So anyhow, uh, yeah. So that's what I've done. And you know what? It's great because now I can search notes from six months ago and it works it works really well i've only used us english of course handwriting recognition so i can't speak for the other languages i can't comment i've tried to trip it up by putting underlines you know like you'll say you're like using the letter y or g because they've got the little dip underneath each of the letters well sometimes i'll write you know like um frustratingly or something like that and i'll put a like draw an underline underneath that and that'll put a line through the bottom of the g and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, let's try and trip it up. I'll do two or three strokes underneath it, like a squiggle or something like that, to try and trip it up. But no, it figured it out, and it got it right. So it doesn't do so well with cursive, but it does fine with printing. And I print my 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 writing anyway. So, and now you may think that this thing is amazing, but you know what? It looks like I'm a really looking... nice app. I'm looking at the App Store listing for it. Yeah, there's a link in the show notes. They're not they're not a sponsor, but they should be. Um, so yeah, um, good notes. Uh, um, authors, please get in touch. Anyhow, point is, it's it's not perfect. So here's what's not so good about oh, it. Here's how they got you. There's an engine diagram in the uh, screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, all right, so palm rejection. Now, I'm still messing with the settings because it gives you some settings, but it's a little bit twitchy yeah. when I'm taking I hear that's the lead. real absolute magic in this device. Yeah. The, the problem is that I suspect it's an integration problem with the APIs uh, that they use for the Apple Pencil. So I suspect that it will get better with time as more and more apps and GoodNotes 4 gets better at integrating with the uh, the Apple Pencil uh, functionality because it's only really been around as a device to be used for a couple of months, right? It's not a new... It's relatively mm-hmm. new. So as the developers spend more hands-on, literally, time with it, then they'll get better at it. But for mm-hmm. me at the moment, the annoyance is that, you know, it gets it wrong probably once every 20 minutes or so of writing and it will kick me out of the app into the uh, app switcher. And when it does so, most of the time, it'll then draw a big line, go vroop, across the screen, across whatever I've been writing on. And then I'll see that when I jump back to the app, I'll just see this dirty, great big line across the app. I just hit undo, gets rid of that line and I'm all good to keep going. Anyway, there's several sensitivities and a hand angle adjustment. I've been playing with those to try and improve it, and it's getting better, but I, yeah, it needs more work. There's no question about that. I'm sure it'll improve with time. So broken lines is another one that annoys me. It bugs me from time to time. It's only a couple of pixels, two or three pixels here and there, and it's just a visual annoyance if you zoom in. So you're trying to draw, like, right, the, just the letter T or J or something. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a visual annoyance if you zoom in too closely. That's all. Not the end of the world, but... Does it happen a lot? Oh, not that much, but it's enough to be annoying. You know, it's the sort of thing that I wrote in the notes app for two weeks and it never did it. 
So I think, again, it's an integration issue with Apple Pencil. I mean, it says it supports yeah. Apple Pencil, but as you know, it's it's not just that. It's just not that simple. There's, you know, there's well, more and, to... and Apple had a head start with working with the APIs and updating exactly. their app for it it's and an, stuff yeah. too, and so... It's an unfair it's an unfair judgment insofar as, like I said, new hardware, new APIs. And I'm sure GoodNotes will improve with time with the Apple Pencil integration. I'm sure they will. Okay, here's my biggest bugbear about this app. I love the handwriting search. Can you tell? But it's restricted to the currently open workbook. So if I've got a workbook open, notebook, workbook, what do you want to call it? I can search within it. But if I create 10 workbooks, I can't search through all of them. I can only search through the one that's open. That's a bummer. Which, which sucks. Right. What about that, the uh, what about the new Siri searching? Have they integrated that at all? Uh, no. So you can't do that. You can't, you know. But again, that's, as far as I can tell, that should just be a function of, uh, of time. Like the search algorithm, yeah. I imagine they can make it broader. It's just a matter of open this, scan for this, close it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time, I'm sure. So it may well be an architectural thing with the way they've architected the app and how the memory's allocated and how it does the recognition. I, I don't know, but it seems like that's a, that's a solvable problem. So I have mm-hmm. my hopes that they will solve that at some point. Until then, I can just copy and paste all my handwritten notes uh, into a, a working file and just archive them after six months. You know, but always have a honking great big sort of document I can search. It's not the yeah. end of the world. It's not ideal, but you know, hey, it, it'll work. All right. So another another downside. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Handwriting search in this is not OCR, not in the traditional parlance anyway. And it doesn't seem like it's a showstopper until you're trying to import notes from the other app, like I said. So, you know. It's a shame, but that's okay. You know, I'd, I'd rather we had both, but I suspect that there's plenty of good reasons why not. So it's not ideal, but it, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, now, the other gripe that I've got, honestly, is um, a minor one about the desktop app. Now, the desktop app's actually only been out for two months. It's only very new, and it's very feature light compared yeah. to the iOS app. So the desktop app, you should think of it as an iCloud viewer it doesn't view from the other other repositories uh it doesn't let you edit anything you can just view it so for the moment that's fine because i do all of my you know like note taking on the ipad anyway mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a viewer an icloud viewer so what i the, my common use case is i'll be at a meeting i'll make a bunch of notes i'll go back to my desk in that time it took me to walk from the meeting to my desk it's already synchronized uh, back to uh my macbook i can bring it up in my macbook and I can uh, have that open in one window and I can, you know, use that as reference. So, you know, it's fine. It works. So, uh, but still, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, tweak a few things on the desktop as well. But mm-hmm. never mind. I'm sure that's coming as well. Early days. All right. So, ultimately, uh, oh, by the way, that app, it's um, $7.99 US, which is $12.99 Australian uh, each for the iOS and the Mac versions. And they're each available through the respective Mac uh, app stores. So basically now I'm at the point where I am able to search my handwritten notes for the first time in my life. This is something I've never been able to do before. So 
to me, that is transformative because I take so many handwritten notes. Mm-hmm. So, it's just blown me away. It's changing how I work. Uh, and I've seen so many people say about how amazing it is for like drawing pictures and so on and, and, and artwork and stuff. But no one's talking about it from an engineering point of view and from a, you know, from a more of an office-based culture point of view. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, to me, it's just blown me away. I got mm-hmm. the iPad. I got the iPad Pro and the pencil on one condition that when I got it, I had the two month over Christmas period that I could return it for a full refund if I was not if I couldn't find a place for it in my workflow in my job, mm-hmm. then it was just an extravagance. But if I could, if it was going to make my life easier, then I was going to keep it, and it has well and truly it has. It and has now they have to pry it from your cold dead hands. Uh, let's not go that far. But <laughs> something like that, uh, yeah, I've been blown away, impressed, truly impressed. And I can feel it. We are so close to being going, to reaching that point of being paperless. But of course, what's it going to take? Well, obviously, the Apple Pencil cannot continue to cost that amount of money. And obviously, the iPad Pro can't continue to cost that amount of money. So... You know, but ultimately, we are closer than we've ever been to being able to go paperless. And me personally, mm-hmm. I, I'm at the point where I'm going to continue to try and go, stay away from paper. I will actively avoid it to the point at which I had trouble finding my pen this morning. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-oh. No, it's fine. That's exactly what I wanted to know. And the fact that I had trouble finding my pen says it all is working. Mm-hmm. I, and 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 maybe someday, maybe someday, not too far in the not too distant future, um, maybe we can actually get to a paperless office. And technology and software like this is going to help me to get there, which is fantastic. And that's it. Many parting comments, thoughts. Mm-mm. I look forward to. Uh, I I really hope that they they add future in the future i hope they add support for the pencil to the other ipads because i'm really curious to play with that but i don't have a whole lot of interest in the the ginormous ipad pro size yeah i said that as initially as well Um, yeah i don't have anything against the device and i'm really happy that a lot of people are enjoying it and using it i just i don't have a use for that particular size class yeah i hear you mate i do and that was my initial reaction as well but once i used it and realized that it wasn't actually that big a compromise for me it, to mm-hmm. me, it only just then it, it came back to u- usefulness at work, and and the ultimately was the cost. Was there a benefit? Because if there's no cost benefit, why why have it? You know, the, yeah. To me, anyway, that that's that's the point. But then this is pragmatic. Of course, I'm going to say that. So yeah, and I'm sure it will. I'm sure that the iPad Mini and the iPad uh, Air in the next twelve months or so will support the Apple Pencil. I have very little doubt about that. Yeah, I'd say there's probably, I don't know if they'll do it or not, but there's probably a a large contingency of people that would like to use it even with the phones too. Yeah, that's true. I'm not so sure that they'll do it. With the the regular 6 size, it it would probably be a challenge, but I've got the the 6S Plus and I could probably see myself wanting to use it sometimes on that. Well, I'm not so sure that they will because, you know, it does... It, it's a bit odd. I've written on a stylus on 
an iPhone before, like with the add on it, and it yeah. just it just doesn't work. It's just ugh. Yeah. So no, I, I wouldn't maybe, expect maybe the use will. case for that to be anywhere near as heavy as what it would be for the the iPads. But like uh, one of your your examples, you know, when you just need to sign something and send it back, I can see people wanting to do that a lot of times on the phone. Absolutely, and I mean, I, I've actually tried um, uh, PDF Pen, which works great. I've also mm-hmm. tried GoodNotes Four, um, also for marking up PDFs. Uh, and I've also marked them up in um, you know, a couple of other apps as well. But the, the point is that, yeah, it works fine. So ultimately, uh, yeah, I, I can feel it, man. We're so close to paperless. <laughs> if you want to talk more about this, you can reach me on Twitter at John Chigi or you can follow uh, at Pragmatic Show uh, to specifically see show announcements and other related stuff. Now, remember that Pragmatic is now part of the Engineered Network and it also has an account at Engineered underscore net that has announcements about the network and all of its shows and you can check them all out at engineered.network today people are really loving causality as well as pragmatic so if you like pragmatic you should probably have a listen and check it out if you'd like to get in touch with Vic what's the best way to get in touch with you mate Uh, they can find me on the twitters at Vic Hudson 1 excellent if you'd like to send any feedback about the show or the network please use the feedback form on engineer.network and that's where you'll also find the show notes for this episode if you're enjoying pragmatic and you want to support the show the best way is by becoming is by becoming a patron via patreon it's at patreon.com slash john chigi or one word so if you'd like to contribute something anything at all it's very much appreciated there are a few perks in there like access to the raw show notes and showbackers will have a name thanks at the end of each episode as well so check it out it all helps If we reach our first funding goal, then causality will go entirely ad-free, but that is up to you. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and as always, thank you, Vic. Thank you for having me, John. Thanks for coming back. Oh, it's no problem. The Vic attack. Back. <laughs> He's oh, back. that was so that was just so so cheesy. I I'm I cannot possibly leave that in, but I'm gonna leave uh, it in. I, I was, I leave? Was, no. no, I was I was gonna request an edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs>